This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni on a post-visit weekend and a post-commitment weekend. We'll get to that in a little bit. A little bit of good news for AM fans on Sunday night with an addition out of the transfer portal. Brian, how's everything been going? Oh, not bad at all. I mean, it's nice to have, uh, you know, some stuff to cover. Like you talked about, AM had a bunch of guys on campus this weekend. Uh, you know, Texas had that really big uh, junior day and you know, they had a, a whole bunch of guys on campus, some really highly ranked ones, but also some kids without offers. You know, they just invited a lot of folks. A&M was trying to keep it pretty uh, pretty small and intimate so they could spend time with recruits. And I think it uh, I think it worked for sure. I mean, no commitments. We'll talk about it. No commitments coming out of the weekend, but, but still, you know, A&M made strides with a bunch of guys. No doubt. One of the biggest pieces of feedback that we kind of got was how intimate and how genuine those re- kind of relationships were. And I think it really seemed to resonate with some guys like Aaron Noland and Ryan Wingo and <clears throat> Casey Poe is another one and, and Xavier Atkins, guys that they – it really seemed like they got to spend a lot of time with yeah. and could, could you know, f- come out of this weekend with a little bit of momentum in those recruitments. Tennessee is obviously a school that um, is going to be tough for Ryan Wingo. He's made a lot of trips, and, and yeah. I expect that to kind of continue. But um, starting with the good news, Tyron Smith, the UTEP transfer – announced his commitment to Texas A&M on Sunday night. He was on campus on Saturday for a visit and um, confirmed with Gigam 247 that he would be enrolling this week for classes and good to go there. So, um, you know, quality addition, I think, Ryan, you're not going to, we've talked about this before. Not every guy is going to be a star at a power five school and, and those guys, you know, you're going to find those guys, but you've also got to be able to hit on some guys like this, that, that are coming up from the G five level, looking for a bigger opportunity, a bigger stage. And I think that's kind of what you get with, with Tyron Smith. Oh, for sure. I mean, so first of all, Tyron Smith is, is why I never believe junior college coaches when they, when they give me their, uh, their heights and weights and the measurements. Okay. <laughs> We had him on his profile when he was coming out of Cisco Junior College. Uh, we had him on his profile as 5'10", 180. Because that's <laughs> probably what Cisco had him listed at. UTEP has him listed at 5'7", 170. And if he's listed at 5'7", he's probably shorter than that. It's like, probably 5'6". Like, like Cisco, you're really going to send a 5'6", kid and say he's 5'10". Um, but I tell you what, man, I, I did not know much about him. Um you know, but his, his sophomore film is out there from UTEP. And 
I mean, it's fun to watch. Yeah, he's real small, but he plays in the slot and he he just gets up and goes. I mean, he had over a thousand yards receiving this year. Was uh, honorable mention All Conference USA. Um, so I mean, he's a proven guy. A and M, you know, depending on if Anaya Smith comes back, you know, A and M doesn't really have a proven guy there in the slot. So I think he could be pretty valuable. And and even if he doesn't start, I mean, other schools were after him. Cincinnati was after him real hard. So, but even if he doesn't start, I mean, he's a guy that's going to, you know, get you, you know, he, he throw, throw the ball to him on third down. I mean, he's going to get a first down. You know, he may not have the most top end speed after the catch. I mean, he's probably not going to be like, you know, a chain running away from dudes on the sideline, yeah. but, but uh, you know, he has a knack for getting open right there in the middle of the field and, and he'll, uh, he'll move the chains. So, I mean, I think he can be a valuable, valuable piece of this offense. No doubt. I, I kind of describe him as crafty, the way I kind of saw his film and, and how he gets open, um, you know, watched his watched his highlights from his sophomore film and then also turned on because I wanted to kind of see how he would how he would do against a power five program turned on the film for for the game against Oklahoma. Um, now you have lost that game, but watching him, you know, one of the things I took away, I, I think he does a nice job when a quarterback scrambling or, or, or under pressure, finding those little pockets, those little holes to, yeah. to make himself available. And, and that's what you kind of need. That's one of the things that that experience brings to you playing on the college level is being able to find those scenes is, is he a guy that that can probably be a number one receiver? No, nobody's saying that, but I think he's a guy that that gives you depth, that gives you somebody that's been in college, that's gone through classes, that's gone through a, reg- a regiment and schedule. And that brings value as well. And so, you know, I think he's kind of an intriguing addition. He finished last year, led UTEP with 71 catches for 1,039 yards and seven touchdowns. And, and he does kind of show that big playability on film. Running, you know, some some corner routes, some slot corner routes, some fade routes. Um, not the traditional routes you really see out of the out of the slot slot yeah. position, but but bring some explosiveness. Um, no, for sure. I mean, he's uh, you know, I, I the the proven aspect is a big deal. I mean, Evan yeah. Stewart's going to be your number one guy. Moose Muhammad is is up there, but yeah, just the fact that that he's proven and has done it. Um, I think you yeah you're going to see him a lot. And you know, fans some fans may complain, oh, he's small, whatever. He had a thousand yards receiving. I mean, Conference USA is still college football, still, yeah. you know, uh, FBS football, and uh, and yeah, I mean, he he had a thousand yards receiving. He's proven it. And A and M is nowhere close to the eighty-five man limit. Yeah. So you know, it's not like oh oh no, you know, this kid's going to cost a scholarship spot that somebody else could take. I mean, they're not close. So yeah, you know, you they, need the guys. And yeah, we we said that from the beginning though. They're going to have to, even if he was just a depth guy, they're going to have to have that. Exactly. And that gets into, you know, one of the other debates that has been going on looking at A&M's transfer portal activity. A&M, it's no secret, they returned a lot of starters from last year's team. And and, and in some cases, that that may be hurting them in certain recruitments. You know, we we had kind of heard rumblings that that two transfer portal DBs could be on campus this this weekend and, and didn't end up making it in um depth depth chart was one of the reasons that was that was kind of given as as a potential reason that today didn't come in where do you stand on that like do you do you think that's a a valid concern or something that A&M should be able to recruit around given 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 they have plenty of spots left to fill yeah I mean A&M when when it comes to high school A&M is 
you know, has great recruiters on staff. You know, Jimbo yeah. Fisher is a great recruiter. They can sell things to high schoolers. I just don't think they have quite the mindset of how to sell, you know, maybe if it's not as open. I mean, these receivers want to go to a place where they can be the number one guy. You know, Jalen Jones is leaving for the NFL, so that did open the door for Tony Grimes to yeah. transfer in at cornerback. But, yeah, the other spots, you know, just don't have – you know, just don't have, I guess, the immediate – you know, they would have to beat out a, a, a proven starter. And, yeah, A&M went five and seven. So, you know, most spots that would be possible. But, yeah, they'd have to beat out a proven starter. And kids don't want to do that. There's a reason they're transferring. I mean, maybe it's like uh, A.D. Mitchell is going to Texas and, hey, I've already won two titles. So like, let's go somewhere else close to home. I mean, who knows? But most of them want that opportunity to showcase for the NFL. And, you know, they're, they're worried about, hey, these guys already have relationship with the coaches. You know, they would have a leg up, you know as returning starter. So I do think it's a valid, uh, you know, a valid issue, but I also think it's something that A&M, at least with a few guys should be able to, to, you know, sue should be able to, to get past, but they just don't have the mechanisms in place to, to recruit the portal. And it's a little surprising given, you know, how long they've been able to, I mean, they, they had to sort of prepare for this, this portal cycle. No doubt. And, and we had kind of heard, you know, they might be more active and I know they've, They've certainly brought guys in on campus. They've mm-hmm. they've taken their swings at at guys. Mason Cobb is one that comes at a big need at linebacker, and I still think they do need to, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's this with the guys that are still left after this portal window, or the late portal window. Because reminder, there is a second portal window that comes mm-hmm. in May from May one to May fifteen. <clears throat> They're going to need to find a linebacker in the portal who can come in and it could be a guy similar to Tyron Smith that kind of comes from the lower level. That's looking Mm -hmm. for more exposure, a bigger conference. I think that's kind of where if you look at some of the guys they had traction with or buzz with some of it was those guys like, you know, Grant DeBose was the name that was mentioned a guy Mm -hmm. from, from Charlotte that, that was, that was potentially going to have the opportunity. He ended up returning to Charlotte and then declaring for the NFL draft, but a guy like that, who, has the opportunity to come into the SEC and potentially get more film on, on that stage. I think those are the guys, because I I do think it's a valid concern. Look, the offensive line, I know fans would love A&M to add an offensive tackle. They would. But the reality is you have a guy like Trey Zoon that started every game last year. You have Ruben Fathery on the other side. There's just not an easy selling point for, for for a lineman to come in and be able to beat out one of those guys. Now fans may think that that a guy can come in and beat it, but that's just not the way recruits necessarily see it. Well, at that position, we're not going to know if it was a if it was a not a selling point or if it was a because A&M block hasn't even targeted. A&M was yeah. not yeah was not pursuing any offensive yeah. linemen. So I mean, I think that may be the one position that, that's most maddening to fans is you know there were a few. I mean, okay, tackles in the portal, just like tackles in high school, they're the most coveted. Yep, coveted guys of any. I mean, that's why you know you saw Dylan Wade from Tulsa, who's originally from Houston. I mean, he blew up as soon as he entered. He had thirty offers from every big name school because everybody wants those tackles. But yeah, the fact that A and M didn't even try is is a little confusing. I guess we'll see if that was a good idea or a bad idea. No doubt. And I mean, the look the let's give A and M their due credit that if if you look at they said they would attack the portal in certain instances they've obviously got more work to do. There's no doubt they've signed three guys this, the cycle now, which is more than they had signed 
the past ever. couple years ever. They don't resign to the low two bar. Ever. Yeah. Low bar. So they have they have at least kind of added some more guys. I think they've got more work to do. And and you know, a guy like Tyler Harrell's a guy that as of Monday has not announced a decision. AM's still in the mix for him. Uh, you know, Miami's a weird one to figure out. It's close to home. As of last week, there wasn't a lot of confidence on the Miami side. Now there was more confidence or more buzz this weekend, it seemed like, with Miami. But coming out of that visit, I know you and I both kind of got the feedback that A&M seemed to, to be in a strong spot yeah. for Tyler Harrell. And, again, there wasn't a lot of confidence. And that was that was restated to me again Sunday, you know, by certain people. You know, but the, 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 the transfer, transfer portal was weird. Yeah. yeah, I mean, these kids changed their – Change their mind all the time and just whatever, you know. I mean, AM has felt good about a few guys that ended up ended yep. up elsewhere, but but yeah, it's just crazy. And and South Florida kids are are just it's a different attitude. I mean, they they're great at football and that so that attitude brings them a lot, but it's just a different thing. I mean, they yeah, you know, Things in high change school quickly. Yeah, in high school they decommit and commit to different places all the time. So I mean he yeah. very well could just love Miami. Who knows? He needs to decide though, because I think everybody has started school. So exactly. You know, he's got to get in classes. Uh, I guess he could return to Louisville for the spring and just, you know, go to class, but he should probably get on campus. And... Or Bama. Yeah. He or go to Bama oh, for I'm, the spring. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, he's not a Louisville Bama. But that was obviously he was a obviously a very productive player and has ties to Bobby Petrino. And so that kind of felt like a natural fit. That's I I that's the right mindset to go tar- target the guys that you have at least a relationship with and, and guys that you kind of have that connection with positive news. They've, they've, they've got three guys in the fold. Like I said, low bar considering they've been virtually <laughs> non-existent in the portal the past couple of years, but at least, you know, they've got, they've got those three guys and I think they've got more work to do. And I think, I think they definitely know that I, I you know, the season doesn't start till the, till September, I know fans kind of want to see immediate immediate results and immediate progress. Uh, but if they if they land a, a linebacker in the spring and kind of add to that room, I think they could I think they could do with one more one more linebacker. We'll get to get get to more of that in the in the next in the next segment. Um, but I think I think it's it's certainly an interesting topic and and you know the returning starters is one thing they've had to battle with. I think they could also do a better job being out in front in some of these kids. I still don't think they have kind of the portal yeah. structure in place that a lot of other schools have. Um, yeah, you got to work like the high school coaches and stuff. Like that's completely legal. People want to talk about tampering. You can talk to the high school coaches all you want, and they know when the kids are going to enter the portal. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you talk to them, and you know, you're like, hey, when he enters, you know, make sure he calls me immediately. Now I'm not naive enough to say hey those conversations aren't with the players aren't happening you know before oh, enter. but but i mean legally you could do it you know and it's not tampering like work those back channels i mean and one of the things we've talked about this before on previous podcasts that you know advisors and coaches do tell their kids hey let me know when you want to enter the portal yeah. so i can start calling around to college coaches to figure out where they might be in need or or so that you don't jump into the portal and then there's no interest in you once you are in the portal. That's, that's kind of the way. So, you know, that's, that's just the way the portal kind of works. And, and I do think A&M can still build a better infrastructure and in being out in front of some of these big yeah. names that do, that do enter. So 
Um, you know, it's going to be interesting there. I, I, well, there's still going to be more to watch. I don't think they're quite done there, there yet, but uh, we will certainly continue to keep you updated over on Gigam 24-7. Stay tuned after a, a quick break. We're going to be right back to talk a little more about the portal and, and look ahead to the 2023 season right after a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. It's time for a buy or sell um, game that we've been playing the past couple of weeks. But again, Brian does not know the questions that <laughs> I've, I've kind of drawn up. So um, so we're, we're going to start off with sticking with the portal, Brian. Buy or sell, Texas A&M needs to add, with Tyron Smith in the fold, Texas A&M still needs to add another receiver to that room. Oh, yeah, they have to. I mean, just... I mean, if nothing else, literally just to get bodies at the position. I mean, they lost a number of guys, but they, I mean, they need a speedy outside guy. So yeah. Tyler Harrell is sort of the perfect, uh, you know, perfect one for that. And they've offered a bunch of outside receivers, you know, whether, you know, how hard they pursued each one of those. I mean, that's, you know, some of them maybe not as hard as the others, but they definitely need an outside guy. I mean, Evan Stewart has to come off the field at some point. Moose Muhammad has to come off the field at some point. And there's not really anything. Uh, proven behind those guys no doubt I think they need more of that that they've targeted some of those bigger bigger receivers and and I think that's still where they could kind of attack um you know a speed guy on the outside I think Tyler Harrell was was kind of the perfect fit no and you know they they need to kind of look for more opportunities there some of those guys that can take the top off the defense I know people kind of mentioned he wasn't productive he had the foot injury at Bama last year and and wasn't productive at all but at least his speed puts pressure on on the secondary, on the safeties, and and could open up more opportunities for for guys like Moose Muhammad and Evan Stewart to to continue um, to be productive and and take attention away from them. So, you know, I'm I'm with you. I thought I thought maybe you'd be in the camp that that they were they were in a good spot in that position, but I think they could use at least at least one one more in that in that uh, in that role. Um, sticking along that, buyers sell. They need another need another corner in the secondary. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's going to be tough to get, you know, with with the guys that are back. I mean, so uh, so who all's back at cornerback? So you've got Chappelle. You've got Grimes. Yes. You've got Sam McCall. Yeah. Well, so I mean, Sam McCall transferred more as a he's almost like a high school recruit. You know, yeah. he's he didn't play a ton. Okay, it, you know, Deuce Harmon. Yeah, he's more of a more of a nickel, but. Oh man, looking at this, you know what? Maybe they do. I didn't think they did, but yeah, there's just nobody on the roster. I mean, Chappelle is a returning starter. Grimes has starting experience. Harmon, if he's healthy, 
but he's more of a nickel. And Bobby Taylor hasn't been healthy. Javon, yeah, they they you know what? I, I was, was I'm kind of I was wrong. They, they need, yeah, they need another they need another corner. Just um, in terms of you, I I think with one or two injuries in that room you start getting to a point where you're having to rely on Bravion Rogers and Javon Thomas very early yeah. in the season. And I mean, Javon know, didn't play this year. And, and Javon did, didn't play running back. Exactly. Javon Rogers is playing very small school, you know, small town football. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a big, a yes. big, you know, just shock, you know, shock. they're both really good, but it's going to be a big shock with the transition to the SEC. No doubt. I, I know they've already added two. So the numbers there strike you as, again, that's one of the narratives they're going to have to battle, right? Yeah. Is, they're going to have to battle the starter narrative there, and um, but but they need an experienced guy just to kind of fill out that room and and yeah. you know allow guys to come in and compete. and And it goes back to the narrative they've used it on on high school guys, and it hasn't quite resonated maybe on on other, but especially in the in the secondary, you need as many guys as possible in today's day and age with the with the way teams play and 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 spreading people out you need a lot of guys in the secondary to be able to make it through a season. And I think A&M could use, could use another, could use another body there at, at least, at least at, at yeah. court, maybe safety. That's going to be a tough sell though, because okay. Tyreek Chappelle's oh, an NFL guy. Yeah. Nobody's beating him out. He's Tyreek Chappelle's a starter, no matter who they bring in, he's starting. Tony Grimes has experience, you know, starting experience in the ACC, former five star. So, and he'll be there in the spring. Anybody A&M adds, you know, since they didn't get the old Miss guys on campus, anybody they add will likely not be there until the summer. So Grimes yeah. would also have, you know, have uh, just that added, you know, uh, whatever the word is I'm looking for, but ha- of having been there in the spring, going through spring ball. So those two guys are probably your starters and people want to come in and, and nobody wants to come in for depth if you're coming in the portal. And yeah, they'll play a bunch of guys, but nobody wants to come in just for depth. So it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a tough sell. That might strike me as one of those ones that they they have to kind of work the same angle that they maybe worked with Sam McCall of, you know, you're 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 almost treated as a high school guy yeah. and that you were you're a year removed from high school, you've got multiple years left, and say, look, after this year, potentially Tyreek Chappelle could be off to the NFL, Tony Grimes could be off to the NFL as well, and then you're then you're sitting with a with a wide open opportunity. So play this year and then have a wide a wide open opportunity. Moving into next year, I think that's that's probably the way to attack it. And then the yeah, third, the, the, those old Miss guys are both young, so that yeah. I think that that was you know so yeah that probably is the direction. They'll just have to be you know get kids that aren't the, the thing they're looking for is they just don't like whatever school they're at. You know, usually if somebody transferred that young, they're like, eh, I'm just not happy there. So um, you know, not necessarily like I need immediate playing time. So yeah, good call there. No, and it could be. I mean, there's there's former targets out there that are kind of intriguing. At least speaking of Ole Miss DBs, he didn't play a bunch last year, but Kendrick Breedlove is a guy that A and M offered out of high school and has kind of entered the portal, withdrawn his name from the portal, re-entered his name into the portal, and so that's a guy that you know has multiple years could could use another year. I obviously committed when when Durkin was there and so that's a guy that could potentially or at least is very familiar with Durkin um th- yeah. those are the type of guys I feel like you're going to have to attack that maybe they weren't productive their first year but are looking for kind of that new opportunity I think that's where they're going to have to attack but I think just to feel safe and just to feel good uh one more body could be it and then as you know Brian now that the national championship's done we're kind of into talking season and list season and 
and all that and filling the the dead time before before the season starts and you know with with the bold predictions and all that Texas A&M has appeared on a lot of ones that you know it's kind of a make or break season for for Jimbo Fisher and and Texas A&M coming off the five or seven year are you buying this is a this is kind of a make or break year for for him yeah I mean obviously he's got the contract that you know basically coach for life if he wants to be but uh, you know the pressure and just the you know the talking points I mean, it was loud this year. You know, the national yeah. media is like, what is going on? Especially, what was it, six games in a row? Six games you know, in a row. They lost. I mean, that yeah, that's too many. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, especially with with all that, you know, talk. I mean, it was loud. So if AM has struggles again, it's going to be, like, just nuts. And AM doesn't want that. Jimbo will be miserable, you know, and that kind of deal. So, yeah, I'd say so. I think if if things don't work out this year, I mean, you would have to think, They'd come to some kind of negotiated buyout. I mean, I'm not Jimbo. I don't know what, yeah. but you know, there's, there's, I mean, he, if you're a head coach, you got to be prideful. I mean, it's what they're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, he couldn't, he, he couldn't be happy if that was the case, if there were two years in a row. So, so yeah, I think uh, it definitely is. I'm going to yeah. buy. Was that the, yeah, I'm going to buy. buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to buy it too from, from the standpoint of a recruiting angle too. And, and I kind of looked at, Honestly, I kind of looked at last year as as a huge year on this front. We talked about how they had gone eight and four, and the year before that, and you know, and, and there was already starting to be rumblings that hey, A and M needs to to start taking that step towards being a championship contender. And then they yeah. went five and seven. So, um, you know, one of the things, at least when recruits have talked this year, and you can you can usually tell what the talking point that the A and M staff is kind of yeah. using when multiple recruits kind of say the same thing you can kind of get a sense for for the way the messaging that the AM staff and the and the way the AM staff has kind of messages is look it was a really young team with a lot of injuries yeah. we had a historic number of injuries and it's it's true on a lot of levels but i don't think that excuse buys you another year if this year doesn't go at uh-huh. least at least if they don't take a big jump forward and start kind of getting into that national title conversation the, the noise is just going to continue to get louder and louder and louder. And eventually you can't really overcome that on the recruiting trail. And then you've lost, then you've lost all momentum. And so I think this is a, I think this is a massive year for a and I think this is, this is really kind of the make or break it year for, for Jimbo Fisher, the staff. I think they're treating it that way in many, in many regards. I think they know they they're aware of, of what's going on. Jimbo may say he, you know, Jimbo doesn't have Twitter, but he's he's certainly know, yes. aware, he's he's certainly aware of what's going on around the program and the noise. Yeah, every and, every coach in the world has uh, you know Google Alert set up. I think yeah, we absolutely. learned that for the first time when Dennis Franchione before your time, yeah. but when he was when it all came out that they were selling the newsletter and all that. I mean, yeah. people did open records requests for all the emails, and I think he was getting like daily emails with his. <laughs> With his Google alerts, like I knew it. Like yeah. I know all of them. Yeah, I, I, I knew about. I know Sumlin did it too. Like yeah. you, you know, Jimbo's. For, you know, you gotta have. A you have to have that attitude, just like yeah. to be a head coach. I mean, you have to. You know, you know everything that's being said. But, and I mean, Jim uh, Buzz Williams did kind of admit last week when he was talking about the Kentucky game. He said, "Listen, I read every." He, he he kind of – I don't think he knows we do the same story, the everything X and X coach says. We kind oh, yeah. of do that to kind of put – he was like, yeah, those Kentucky beat writers, 
they all write word for word what John Calipari says. He says, and I read, I read all of it. I read every yeah. single, I read every single sentence. He said, I read every single article, every single note as part of his his scouting. And so, um, you know, Buzz, we do those same stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I did he's one. Not, I, he's I, not scouting I, himself, so I guess I was. I was doing. Me. I was doing that same story on Friday ahead of the Kentucky game. But but yeah, no coaches definitely are have a pulse and awareness of of the program. Now some block it out better than others, but um, I think the the staff certainly knows that that the uh, the pressure's on, and and this year it kind of needs to take a big jump forward. And you know they they do still have a lot of talent on campus. It's just a matter of is that talent going to be a, one be able to stay healthy, and two be able to take that step forward that they need to take. That's really going to be the big question. You think Nick Saban is searching the internet on his flip phone? Like he's got <laughs> he's got a T nine set on there. He's like, yeah, where can I find little? <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if he's got a little flip phone. He's got a little blackberry. He's got a little yeah. blackberry with the little ball, and or maybe just one of those. Well, he's got a cover crew, so it's like one of those phones that have like two buttons, like emergency <laughs> and like wipe. <laughs> Jitterbug. I've got Miss Terry and, yeah. and, and Emergency on the two. You know what's funny? Nick Saban's really not that old, but just his personality, you know, just like, you know, I don't think he's keeping up with technology. So his personality just makes you think he's one of those with those ones. Although, oh, man, I he always that. does that. What is it? Cupid Shuffle or whatever the dance is. So <laughs> I think he, he's yeah, keeping he up a little better than <laughs> And we're giving him credit for. He he kind of sneakily has some he has some dance moves in there that he throws. Um, no, I I think I think he quietly keeps up a little more. He's he seems like kind of a, a like kind of one of those sneaky social media guys. He yeah. he pays attention to it. He doesn't tweet, but but yeah, he's, he's just he's laughing like, at like oh look what Lane Kiffin said to Jimbo again. Yeah, like, look what Lane Kiffin said. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sits in his office and, and kind of yeah. and, and scrolls through lane kiffin i think is you know or he might have lane kiffin muted who knows he might have like <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we we uh we will certainly be back next week and a&m's got another uh another big visit weekend coming up um again we'll we'll keep track of of the transfer portal it it you know things seem to pop up very quickly the tyron heck the tyron smith one was was done in what twenty four hours basically yeah, popped up on Saturday and, and was done Sunday night. So uh, just over twenty four hours. So we will certainly keep you up to date on that and and be sure to stay locked into Gigum twenty four seven. And um, you know if you if you enjoy these videos, like and or give us a five star review and like and share these videos on YouTube and subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify if you listen to us on there. Till then, have a great week and we'll see you guys soon. shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply